0: This track again, y'all. Uh. Uh. Welcome into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find all my work on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA or at Mile High Sports. And to my left, as usual,
1: is. Hey, it's Brennan Bo. What's going on, guys? What's going on, TJ?
0: The man still exists. We are all still alive. It may be tomorrow now because it is 1.23 in the morning. We are in the depths of the Pepsi Center after the Nuggets' 100-96 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves for what is the biggest win of the year. There is no ifs, ands, buts, or confusion about that. The Nuggets had their biggest game of the year tonight, and they came away victorious in the most gutsy, I guess heart wrenching and just complete discombobulation of a game way possible. It was chaos all the way through.
1: Look, let's be honest. This was a hideous basketball game.
0: It was so ugly. These are
1: two teams that, in my opinion, you know, they deserve a playoff berth this year. They play in brutal conferences in in a brutal division, and they have the talent. But it's unlikely that either team makes it if the other one doesn't. So this game was massive. And yet, neither team came out crisp. Um, the the first quarter featured just horrific half-court offense for the both teams. The offense
0: was awful on both ends. Both there boys. was only one quarter in which one team scored at least 30 points. The Timberwolves scored 30 on the dot in the second quarter. Other than that, the highest point total reach was 28 by the Nuggets in the third. And, and it, there just was no good offense in this game. The flow was terrible, I thought. Yeah,
1: that's, the flow was terrible. It wasn't just missed shots. I, mean, I don't think either team really ran their half-court offense. It didn't feel that way. all year. I mean, the... The Nuggets certainly didn't, um, and they just were failing to really play through Jokic in that first quarter. Of course, it didn't help, TJ, that Jokic was horrendous from the field in this game, particularly the first half.
0: Yeah, so Jokic was 3 of 13 in the first half and was terrible in that regard. He only had 7 points. So, when you only... when you're Nikola Jokic having 7 points on 13 shots, it almost doesn't even make sense to me. Like, that is just one of the strangest things possible, and... This is a pick-and-pop pod, so what we're going to start doing is we're each going to bring with us three different things we want to talk about with this game, and this whole struggling Nikola Jokic was kind of yours you wanted to start with, correct? Yeah, that's right. So,
1: I wanted to start with Jokic struggling because there was a beautiful irony to those struggles. Um, first and foremost, this was probably Jokic's worst game of the of the season, I thought so, given the leverage of the game, um, what they needed from him with Harris out, and... For him to go 3 from 13 in the first half was nearly damning. Yet, this is the most Jokic night ever because his worst night of the season, he flirts with a triple-double. Ooh, missed one by one assist. Missed by one assist. And he finishes with the game-sealing tip-in, the two most important points of the game. So, just funny to see Jokic really, really struggle. Also, really nice to see the Nuggets win a game in which Jokic was frankly TJ bad.
0: Yeah so you have this whole Jokic irony thing as one of yours. One of mine that I wanted to talk about was just the Nuggets overcoming adversity. Mm. I mean this is one of those games where when you look at the box score you feel like there is absolutely no chance that the Denver Nuggets are able to win this kind of a game. No chance. I mean let's be real here the Nuggets overall they get outscored in the paint by 6. They give up 4, oh I'm sorry they actually outscored the Timberwolves in fast break points. Only had one more second chance points even though they had a, they had a couple more offensive rebounds they were outshot by almost 3% they were out rebounded they had less assists they had more turnovers everything about this game should have gone away from the Denver Nuggets and yet somehow the Denver Nuggets got out just one of the toughest wins of the year i mean This is the, I I believe Christopher Dempsey said it's been 23 games since the Denver Nuggets had held an opponent under 100 points, and Denver scored literally 100 on the dot and managed to pull it. one out. Yeah, and... Everything, it just needed to go
1: perfectly, and it did. Let's give the Nuggets credit where credit's due. A great defensive effort tonight. I agree. There were a few exceptions, but TJ, the closeouts. They closed out like a team whose season was on the line, and... Now, obviously, it helps when the Wolves are going to shoot like sub 30 percent from deep, but some of that is credit to the Nuggets, who are typically horrific at these closeouts. Um, they were good tonight, and I thought that was that was big. If if the Wolves shoot just like three four percent better from deep, they don't need a great night. Just a couple of those threes, this is a different game. So credit to credit to the whole Nuggets team. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Wilson Chandler who I thought was really good in that regard. Yeah,
0: another one of your little pick and pod subjects right there.
1: Yeah, he, he was really good tonight. I just thought he was great defensively. We've talked a lot this year about the difference between an engaged Wilson and Wilson who's not so engaged. He was tonight. And he put on that little scoring spurt in the second quarter when it seemed that like... That
0: was big. He yeah, huge. And, and
1: no one else looked like willing or interested to try to win the game for Denver. So I actually asked Wilson about that after the game. I said, was that a concerted effort to make a difference since everyone looked so lethargic? <laughs> and he said... Uh, I mean, I just had the ball, so I figured I might as well try and score. It really
0: is the most Wilson Chandler answer of all time, like you tweeted. I was laughing That's how he approaches this
1: thing, but hey, he was locked in tonight. Um, He played like he wanted it, and he made a positive impact on this game.
0: So my second thing I wanted to get to real quick was just the point guard play overall. The Nuggets don't win this game anywhere near close unless they get this performance from their point guards. The Nuggets score 100 points total tonight. They ended up getting, I believe, yeah, 42 of those points from the mixture of Jamal Murray and Devin Harris. Between the two of them they shot 14 of 27 which was great. They shot 8 of 17, oh I'm sorry, 8 of 15 from the three-point line together and were 6 of 6 from the free throw line. They only combined for 3 turnovers. I thought everything they did tonight in terms of scoring and keeping this Nuggets offense afloat was just fantastic and it was needed. Quickly, TJ, let's check in live with all of the Devin Harris trade haters. <laughs> Silence.
1: I hear silence.
0: I hear me laughing hysterically because we have had like – we have gone at individuals trying to explain to people why this Devin Harris trade was so helpful. Let me just –
1: if you're sitting at home and you still have doubts about the trade, imagine the end of the third quarter – and imagine that that's Moutier instead. Yeah, Moutier. Well, I don't want to say Moutier
0: wouldn't hit three straight threes because Moutier has done that before. That's true. He but would you don't rely some, on no, him to do so no, in no. any
1: way, shape, or form. How about I don't don't want to cut you off but how about Devin Harris? He hits those three threes in the <laughs> final ninety seconds of the third. They have an entire break, <laughs> like
0: a, a, commercial, a break, commercial break, time
1: a quarter break. He comes back in. Heat checks himself. I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, so you hit three threes in the third quarter. You come out of the fourth and literally it was like he was It was at the top of the key with an extra three feet with a defender draped all over him early in the shot clock. That was the definition of a heat check and that really just, it made me feel comfortable because that's how I play basketball. Like I heat check that badly look, so I loved seeing that happen.
1: We joke but this is reflective of something that I love from Harris tonight. I've said it multiple times. It didn't look like anyone on the Nuggets was willing or confident to try to win this game. And Harris said,
0: screw it. I'll take yep. the shots. And he hit them. And not only that, after he hit those five three-pointers he hit in the game, the last bucket he got, five. he literally sat in the corner, watched the defense, like, stare at him, stare at him. And then he cut back door and got a pass from I a pass from Mason Plumlee for a bucket. Everything Devin Harris did tonight was great, I thought. Uh, yeah, Jamal, you almost said Mason Plumlee know, there for a second. because I talked about him first. Let's not yeah, get into that. I don't yeah, want to yeah. <laughs> talk about that. Uh, Jamal Murray also. So, out of all of the Nugget starters... Nikola Jokic and Wilson Chandler were tied for second-best plus-minus on the team with a plus-one. All right? Jamal Murray was a plus-15 tonight. Wow. I think that speaks volumes as to how Jamal Murray played, how important he was to this Denver Nuggets team, and really how impactful he was in this game from start to finish. He was... He really was the engine that got the Nuggets moving because Nikola Jokic just wasn't scoring like he normally does.
1: Yeah, we talked about Harris at the end of the third stepping up when they needed it to someone to. Murray did that in the beginning of the third. He hit a big three, then he hit another one and got fouled. He cooled off a bit after that, but that was at a point where the Wolves had opened up a 92 run to start the third, and as Nuggets fans know all too well, we've seen these types of collapses. We've seen games slip away from the Nuggets in a heartbeat. Murray pulled that thing back into contention I mean he kept that win alive with that play for for a couple minutes
0: there in the third when again like we said No one else had it going. Yep, and then he did what he has been continually doing throughout this season. The fourth quarter comes around. He may not be just, like, scorching hot, lighting the world on fire with his shooting, but when the Nuggets need Jamal Murray the most, he finds a way to deliver. Carl Anthony Towns obviously has his fifth foul. The Nuggets are battling, trying to make this a game. They're doing everything they can to stay ahead. So what does Jamal Murray do? At the very end of the shot clock, after a broken play, no idea how to figure it out, he ends up taking a step back. At. Carl Anthony Towns steps up to try and contest the shot. So what does Jamal Murray do? He pumps fake, some straight into a foul. And there was controversy about... If it really was a foul, if you ask me, that was a foul You know what you, you do? You don't get in the way of your Carl Anthony Towns.
1: You eliminate the controversy by not jumping with five fouls when you're your team's best player. Not Anthony Towns. I, I think he was trying to make a play to help his team. I get it. But before you whine about
0: officiating, it, it, you just you can't jump there. Yep. And then on top of that, what does Jamal Murray do after he finally gets Carl Anthony what, Towns? What he always does, TJ. He sinks two free throws like it doesn't even matter. It's it was a- incredible, man.
1: Actually, really, I just want to talk about this for a second because I think we've all started to take it for granted. What Murray does from the line, not just throughout the course of the game and throughout the course of the season, but in crunch time, in clutch time, it is really hard to overstate what a weapon that is, how remarkable that is from a 21-year-old. There are very few players in the league of any age on any team that can consistently knock down high leverage free throws the way Murray does and it's uh it's it's becoming a regular thing dude. I'm
0: really happy you brought that up because I actually asked <clears throat> Paul Millsap about this. I'm I'm actually writing a piece about how Jamal Murray is growing into this closer role for the Nuggets and when I asked Paul Millsap about it I was like, I mean, he just turned 21. Like you've been in the league, how often can a young player like this be able to consistently produce? Not just here or there. It's not just like a, a spot three here to win a game or a couple free throws there consistently. And he was like, I mean, you see young players try with very mixed results usually terrible what Jamal Murray has done is consistently pulled off to where we trust him in those positions and that's paraphrasing but that was essentially what Paul Millsap said the Nuggets 30 million dollar player the four-time all-star the all-NBA player the all-defense player it's so clear to so many people who are around the league that what Jamal Murray has in terms of a clutch gene and just the ability to be like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to make this happen. I'm going to put the team on my back and we're going to make a play. It's incredible. And it's really what has allowed this Nuggets team to continue to get better in these late game situations. And there's
1: clearly some innate like Mamba mentality, you know, there really is, there is but, but I, it's I, different. But I also think, man, and this is something I didn't put much credence into when I first heard it, those stories of the way his dad pushed him pushups in the snow for pain tolerance teaching him to meditate from an early age um you can try and meditate yourself tomorrow morning and it, it probably won't make a big difference in your life if it's your first time you do this over the course of your life as a competitor the way murray has I, that's like all i can think when he steps up to yep. the line because he's just so damn calm and uh yeah so shouts to him shouts to his dad i guess
0: yeah so i talked to jamal murray about a month into his first to his rookie season we had a little one-on-one sit down he told me he was like I, I'm not scared of any moment I don't feel like I'm outmatched for any moment because I have been doing this exact thing for so long like even when I was in like freshman year high school ball my dad was my coach I was still the guy with the ball in my hands at the end of the games this has always been what I what I do it's always been what I want to do and because of that it doesn't phase him anymore yeah and it's so 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 important so you talked about the strong point guard play from the nuggets yeah what you wanted to get to well oh, I
1: just wanted this isn't even one of mine I just want to briefly touch on the uh not so strong guard play from one Derrick Rose. And I seriously, like, we make a lot of jokes. and It was I, so bad, man. When, when the Wolves signed Rose, I tweeted, like, this is a big break for the rest of the, the division. And I kind of meant it. And And it really <laughs> came to fruition tonight. I'm serious. The end of that second quarter... I mean, Rose essentially engineered a a 6-2 to two run for the Nuggets on his own.
0: Yeah, he was that bad. And what's funny, too, is when you look at the box score, he was 2-2 two of two from the field. He only had one turnover and was a plus-5, believe it or not. When you watch the game, you clearly understand why plus-minus is a garbage stat because Derrick Rose was terrible. There yeah. was not a moment where I was like, man, look at that good play no. Derrick Rose is making. He was
1: only in the game for 5 minutes and 38 seconds, and I swear you could hear people... In Minnesota from the Pepsi Center screaming at their television sets. Why? So uh, we don't have to get too into that. But I I just don't get why Tibbs plays him in big games. Because Tibbs loves Derrick Rose. Yeah, man. His
0: Timber Bulls, man. Uh, While we're on this topic, there's one other guy I really wanted to get to that struggled badly tonight. Andrew Wiggins was a ghost. Oh, man. Actually,
1: no, because ghosts are invisible. Andrew Wiggins actually... Did not exist? He had a negative impact on this kid. He was very much there. He just wasn't any help. I mean, he did... I, I think I counted two actual air balls from Andrew Dude, Higgins. that
0: three-pointer air ball that he had where it was like a good foot short of the rim from the left wing it was as bad as it gets yeah. and on top of that he was 4 of 12 from the field in 33 minutes of the game tonight and also like really bad defensively I thought really bad, really bad defensively bad. and not only that there were moments where you like, like Jokic is tipping on Jokic's tipping from what I can remember Andrew Wiggins was right there and literally watched it happen right in front of him and didn't do a damn thing to stop it
1: yeah I don't know I mean I'm gonna have to watch that one back but I know that, like, when that little scoring terror that Wilson Chandler went on, like, Chandler's not
0: abused Andrew Wiggins, and he's not
1: a multi-dimensional scorer. He's either taking the spot-up shot or he's going to do that drive and some sort of like half euro step fadeaway bank shot. Right, that's kind of his thing. He loves that shot, and I'm pretty sure it was, if I remember correctly, Wiggins on him the whole time, and he, I mean, Chandler went right through him, and. Chandler can make positive impacts offensively, but that's not the type of... Chandler is a guy that you can guard and can
0: stop, Yes. and and Wiggins looked helpless. Wiggins was helpless, and I think what's so incredible about this to me, Gary Harris signed for four years, $74 million guaranteed, right? It could be $84 million, we really don't know, but it sounds like $74 million. You want to know what double 74 is? What's that? 148. You want to know what money that Andrew Wiggins got? $150 million. So Andrew... Andrew Wiggins is going to get paid twice as much as Gary Harris and for literally falling apart and becoming invisible and a negative player for this team. I was listening to that fun episode of the Locked On Nuggets
1: podcast with um, that big idiot Who is
0: that Denver like Marez guy? I don't know.
1: He's like kind of awkward. I think he's kind of a little <laughs> overrated, frankly, but I do listen to the Adam,
0: podcast. Adam, if you listen to this, which I highly doubt you are, we love you, man. Adam Mades of Denver Stiffs is the man. Adam underscore Mades on Twitter. Locked On Nuggets. All great stuff. He's
1: not listening. I don't love him. I'll fight him. But
0: fight him. he did that
1: fun <laughs> podcast of Locked On Nuggets where he had all the beat reporters of these sort of four yep. through ten guys come on and, and talk a little about, but a little bit about their teams. And the Wolves guy whose name is escaping my right, right now. Apologies. He brought up that Wiggins actually typically does play well in big games, despite his reputation of not the player that he was drafted yeah, to be. Yeah, David
0: Naylor, Prof Seeder. Shout out to you. Appreciate He's you. awesome. Good so
1: friend. I actually was expecting Wiggins to play well in this game. He did not. Did the exact opposite. We should move on. Yes. Uh, my final point here on this pick and pod, second chance points. The Nuggets on paper were a superior rebounding team on
0: either end to the Wolves. Headed Ooh. into this game. Ooh, you know what? What's up, buddy? They finished tied in total rebounds. Yep, 47 apiece. Uh, they had one more defensive rebound. The Timberwolves did, the Nuggets had one so, more offensive rebound.
1: So just, you know, sticking with it the second wasn't chance. It was important in
0: the second half uh,
1: for sure. Yeah, so the second chance point stuff, though specifically, I mean, that's an area where the Nuggets have struggled down the stretch. They've been awful at protecting the, the defensive glass. That's crucial down the stretch of a playoff race, but particularly crucial when your defense is as bad as the Nuggets is. You cannot give them second chances. The Wolves scored the first nine second-chance points of this game. They went into the half with a 9-2 advantage in second-chance points. Um, At one point, they held that advantage... In second chance, or I'm sorry, is it a twelve to twelve to no, four? Uh, so, so yeah, you were right. Keep going with the first Yeah. Half. So so at one point they were up by eight with an advantage of nine nothing in second chance points.
0: Then the then, nuggets in the second half went on a twelve to four run in second chance points. Which was huge.
1: Which was massive. And if they don't do that, the wolves win this game. They yep. didn't just get stops in the second half, they protected the glass, and they finally got after it on the offensive end. They got second chance points. They ended up at all told at the end of the game. With 14 second chance points to Minnesota's 13, TJ, the 13th and 14th points the Nuggets scored, Nikola Jokic's game-sealing tip-in. So I'm looking at that as literally
0: the difference maker in this game. Yep, and then even if you look in the second half, so the Nuggets ended up, I believe, so they had one extra offensive rebound over the Wolves by the end of the game. They had four more in the second half alone, and ended up out-rebounding them by four in that game. So that was massive for them. And the fact that they created those opportunities, those second chance opportunities, is what allowed them to get up 23 pointers in the second half to the Minnesota Timberwolves' 11. That was a very big deal when you outscore them by 15 points in the second half just from the three-point line alone. All right, TJ, we're running out of time here. I got one last thing I want to talk about. All right, hit me guess it. what? What the Denver Nuggets are tied for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Well, they breakers, are not though, right? in the, yeah. we- the eighth seed because the Minnesota Timberwolves do own the tiebreaker over them as of right now. But because the Denver Nuggets won this game tonight, if they beat Minnesota again to end the season. They will take the tiebreaker over Minnesota as long as it pairs with a Portland win. And Denver will put themselves in as good of a position to make the playoffs as any.
1: So let's go as briefly as we can here on this Clippers win. Of the remaining games, if there's one they could possibly lose, it is the Clippers game. Yes, it is. But hey, at this point, enough of that crap. Just win the game.
0: Although, even more, what's even more crazy, just one last thing. The Nuggets could even lose the Wolves game, and they have made up so much ground. There is still a still chance a slim that chance. one of the Wolves, or the Pelicans, or the Thunder lose uh, two of their last three, and Denver would still get in. This is wild, man. BG's on repeat.
1: Staying alive, my friends. Staying
0: alive. We're gonna keep it rolling for the last thing on there, but that is the end of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. The pick and pop pod after the game. Pick and pod, baby. Pick and pod. I keep saying pick and pop pod. I don't know. We'll get there. there. It's also two in the morning, so we're gonna go to home. I got two articles to write tonight. I'm gonna make Brendan write something too, but thanks again for listening again. Follow Brendan at bvote422 on Twitter. You can find me at TJ McBride NBA. Find our work at MileHighSports.com. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you guys soon.